Welcome to the Catch 22 Minutes podcast, where we delve into some of today's major social challenges. We speak to frontline experts, industry leaders and young people in pursuit of ideas for reforming public services. In this first series, hosted by Catch-22's Director of Communications, Melissa Milner, we'll focus on youth employment. Melissa will be asking how society can better prepare young people for today's job market. During this first series of Catch-22 Minutes, we've covered a host of topics relating to youth unemployment including digital skills, the hospitality sector, green jobs, apprenticeships, employment as a diversion from youth violence and employing ex-offenders. In many of the discussions, we've referenced the various employability programmes that exist to support young people to get the skills and confidence to enter the job market. In today's episode, we're asking what makes good employability support? What is it that young people furthest from the job market need to break into the world of work? And which programmes are working and why? What are employers doing to diversify their talent pool and support young people into work? So joining me today are two guests who have fantastic insight into this, and I know we'll have lots to say. We've got Elizabeth Taylor, who is Chief Executive of URSA, which is the Employment Related Services Association. Hi, good morning. And Lisa Jardim, who is Learning and Engagement Manager at Facilities Management Company, Arcus FM. Hi there. So welcome to you both. A very general question to start. Um, maybe we'll start with you, Elizabeth. What support do you think young people furthest from the job market need to break into the world of work? I think the main thing that they need is an understanding of what it's like nine to five or whatever the shift pattern is, um, actually being at work. Because I think a lot of young people who are furthest from the labour market are sort of denied that insight. They don't have that family experience. They've not had that work experience themselves. And it's a great unknown. And it instills some fear, even if they won't admit it. So that sort of exposure, that training, that knowledge of the world of work has got to somehow be inputted to level the playing field. One suggestion I would say that we find works well for us and for the young person in particular is the idea of work experience. The idea of going into a permanent job or even if it's you know part-time or even if it's a contract role, um, that can be quite overwhelming for some people. And so having the opportunity to just, I don't know, sit alongside somebody as a work experience, which is very informal, they're not being particularly paid a salary for it. It's just giving them the opportunity to get some hands-on experience, I think is a really useful tool. Yeah. That's really interesting. And Lisa, do you want to talk to us a bit about kind of your approach at Arcus FM to recruiting from maybe a wider pool of young talent? We have uh, lots of social value sort of projects, initiatives that we work on. And young people generally is one of our priority groups that we work with, in particular care leavers. And our experience is, it's still quite new for us, but our experience so far is demonstrating that for many of these young people, just as I've said, coming into a permanent, whether it's part-time or full-time job where they're getting paid a salary can actually be a little bit overwhelming. Ultimately, it's our goal. It should be their goal too, of course, to get them into employment, to get them into a career, hopefully a long-term one. But initially, what we find is, is the idea of being able to give them a work experience can actually be very helpful. It's important to not make that work experience go on for too long. It's important to give them sort of an end point. And ultimately, we really want them to be able to come into employment with us but really what we see ourselves as doing is if it's not Marcus for them, then at least what we've given them is that experience. They can add that to their CV. They then have a point of reference, particularly. It's very important for them as well. So 
there's lots of ways that a work experience can give young people in particular the opportunities that wouldn't be there for them without it. And just to kind of further that point a little bit, so what support are you giving that young person? So someone comes in to do work experience with you, what practical support are you giving them to help them change that work experience into full-time employment, either with you or elsewhere? For us in particular, it's the practicalities of actually being able to get to work. A lot of our colleagues are field-based. We have engineers and technicians who literally drive around the country supporting our customers. So for us, one of the big things is about making sure that young person is picked up from home and dropped off to home every day. We are, for example, about to support a young man who actually lives in central London. So from his case of point, he's going to be getting a train or two, but we will then pay for his travel costs because that can be obviously very prohibitive for young people as well. Just the cost implication, which is why we pick them up, drop them off, or cover their travel costs if we can. We found Kickstart to be a really, really useful government scheme because at least they're being paid minimum wage for 25 hours a week, which is really, really helpful. And we also offer lots and lots of hands-on mentoring, coaching, guidance. So for us, the young person on their work experience is never left alone. Um, whether it's field-based roles or whether they are you know, working in an office, they won't be on their own. Sometimes they work from home virtually as well. But again, there's somebody just at the end of a Teams call, at the end of the end of an email for them. So it's really important to us to make them always feel supported. It's what we do for any Arcus colleague anyway. So anybody who joins us will always be allocated a buddy, we call them. But for people on the work experience, that continues throughout the whole of their work experience. Elizabeth, I saw you nodding at quite a lot of what Lisa yes. was saying there. What's, what's your take on this? You know, what examples have you got from companies who are members of Ursa? What, what are they doing to kind of support young people get onto the career ladder? I think it's that total wraparound. So there's the, the, the initial conversations that are had, um, the building the trust, getting young people to disclose where they are in their lives, what support they'll have outside work, whether they're going to have any of those niggling voices from friends or relatives that would be like, wouldn't you be better at home with me? And, you know, all that sort of thing. So it needs to start with that. And I think that you then need something, you know, that mentoring, that buddying, but actually to have some fairly smart targets for young people that are real, that are realistic, that are reviewed at least once a week or every 10 days so that you can look at how they're progressing at that time. And I think some honest conversations, particularly if it's work experience, about is this going to lead to a permanent or a fixed term contract or whatever? Or is this just something that is being, is, is it just an experience that's going to get you on the road to work? And that sort of honesty and young people being able to say what they want from it. So, yes, they're going to go in there and they're going to do a productive job and it's got to be as real as possible. But there's some end goal, whether it's employment at that, country, at that company or the transferable skills are going to take somewhere else. Um, and if it's transferable skills somewhere else throughout that work experience process to be doing good job search with people and not leaving it till the end. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, I want to rewind a little bit. We've talked about, you know, once a young person comes into a company and the support that they can be given to, to help that kind of to help them progress. What about recruiting um, kind of young people? And, you know, a lot of our podcast series has talked about young people who are furthest from the job market, who may be facing barriers into work. Um, Elizabeth, you know, what, what, what can organisations do to kind of diversify their talent pool, if you like. Okay, um, I think as we get into 2022 and the job centres roll out the youth hubs and start being co-located with youth organisations or in community venues, 
that's going to be such um, such a positive initiative because it's going to enable work coaches or employment support providers who participate in that co-location to reach out to young people. And I've been using this phrase recently about beyond claimants because traditionally what we've seen in recent years is that whole thing of um, national provisions, work coaches in job centres, they have people that are eligible whether it was work programme or then work and health programme or then JETS and Restart or whatever, we've got to be a bit more imaginative and we've got to think beyond those three months, 12 months, trigger points, whatever. So we've so Youth Hubs, I'm really fascinated how that co-location piece is going to work. Um, I think also some of the Building Better Opportunities and other locally devolved funded projects where people were more actively engaging in communities to reach out to young people where you know through other youth services that's got to be valuable and um we're now facing more covid uncertainty so we may well be reliant on other organizations and agencies that have relationships with young people if they're not traditionally going into the job center or if they're not neat and you know, back to the beyond the claimant piece. So um, I think we've got to use a bit of imagination about how we connect. Thanks, Elizabeth. Lisa, any thoughts from you on this? I mean, I know at Arcus you have certain kind of groups that, that you have a commitment to, particularly, you know, working with Catch-22 on care leavers as an example. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know if you want to pick up on that. Absolutely. I mean, as an employer who really wants to try to support uh, young people in particular, it is, I guess, our challenge comes from being able to actually, exactly as Elizabeth, Elizabeth said, to connect ourselves to those young people. So Catch-22 has been great to support us in that. We've also recently become a Care Leavers Covenant uh, signatory. So we've made that commitment and that pledge, but we still, we're still finding that we're not getting quite so many job applications coming through. And we, we have to be thinking about it in a different way because as a traditional organization, we post our job vacancies to LinkedIn. As an example, and I was just speaking to some of my colleagues yesterday and saying, you know, we recognize that probably many young people don't even have a LinkedIn profile these days. Why would they? Um, We need to be exploring different avenues of social media. TikTok was one discussed, which I don't even have a TikTok account, but I know that my children are all over it. They could probably teach me a thing or two. Instagram, even Facebook, I would suggest maybe young people are even sort of, that's not really cool for them anymore either, Facebook. But again, even Facebook could potentially work. Um, for any employer, certainly with Arcus, it's something that we really want to be able to give it a try because we can't use the traditional method all the time, the method that we're used to. We have to be thinking a little bit differently to be able to connect with those young people. Um, but having a partner like Catch-22 working with the Care Leavers Covenant is really, really helpful for us as well. If it's just us trying to trying to do it all ourselves, it's just a little bit too challenging. So we find it really useful to use your contacts and your networks as well. Thinking about when a young person is in a role and I think Elizabeth you touched on it earlier saying you know we've got to make sure that those roles kind of lead to something that they're not just sort of you know um you get a bit of experience and then you're basically out out again and this is something that you know is the challenge with kickstart I think you know six month placement what happens after that so so how do we make sure jobs for young people are good quality to start with and also sustainable the good quality I think is about providers the job center I think it's about people daring to have those conversations with employers And I think that once you have those conversations, and this is me speaking from my provider background experience, employers will really embrace it. Um, Sometimes you feel like you have to say the obvious to them, but then they take it on board. Lots of the big employers will have their corporate social responsibility stuff and you can encourage them, you know, about their commitment to local young people through that route. 
some of the some of the smaller businesses haven't actually thought about it because it's not in their sphere. But in actual fact, some of those smaller businesses, once the conversations had do do embrace it more because they will be business owners from local communities. Yeah. And I think the whole thing about looking, joining up employment and skills so that young people can be getting up skilled as well, so that you can bolt onto the work experience and get them ready. And I think the other thing is about having people supporting young people who have really good local labour market knowledge that can see who the next employer could be, who knows employers that will take the risk on a young person who's got a you know problematic home life or whatever it is that, you know, those that you can sort of say, take a risk, we'll support you taking that risk, we'll support the young person. Those conversations have to be had. I think that's an interesting point. And I, th- I think, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're sort of saying that, yes, the young person needs support, but actually the potential employer needs support as well. Really, it's not just a, a kind of one yeah. way thing here. Lisa, um, I don't know your, your take on, on that in terms of how you can ensure roles are sustainable and, and have a kind of future for young people. Yeah, so we've certainly at Arcus, uh, in using the Kickstart program as an example, we've really, really tried to encourage people to think of it as a long-term thing for the young person. So, so far we've had one young man who came to us in a Kickstart program and has now moved into a permanent full-time role as an apprentice with us, which is fantastic. And that is our aspiration for all of our Kickstarters. We haven't gone with huge numbers, and I think that's the reason why we found it's worked for us. We haven't sort of said, right, we'll have dozens or even hundreds of them, we've just gone with small numbers that are sustainable and we're looking at it as try this young person out. They need to try you out as well to see if Arcus is the place for them. And then at the end of it, you know, if there is a vacancy, we'll we'll really try hard to get that person into that vacancy. And if not on one particular contract working with one particular customer, we'll look to try, you know, and see if anywhere else within Arcus that's a possibility. Uh, we're also trying to use it. Timing is always a d- bit difficult with these things, but we've tried to use Kickstart and really any work experience with any of the young people that we um, support is to try to link it to then our apprenticeship programs because you know for Arcus being a very technically biased business we have refrigeration engineers mechanical and electrical engineers gas engineers plumbers uh, carpenters bricklayers etc so it's very very practical technical skills for us apprentices are absolutely wonderful we're a levy paying provider so it makes so much sense for us as well so we try to time either the kickstart and all the work experience so that it then links in with when we do the general annual recruitment for apprenticeships. And that, in our view, is the sustainable long-term into a, into a real career that allows for progression for that young person. Um, and not many people know about these job roles. I mean, a refrigeration engineer, until I came to work for Arcus, I had no clue what they did, what the skill set was all about. And it takes years to grow a good refrigeration engineer. Um, so we have to be investing in these young people. That's, you know, we see it as our responsibility, not just for us, but for the industry, facilities management as a whole, is that if even if they don't stay with us after their work experience, or even if after we are one of the apprenticeship, they move somewhere else, we've given something back um, to the industry because it really is very, very important to keep these skills and to grow these skills. That's brilliant. I want to ask you now about sort of the the bigger picture. So this morning, the latest employability stats were out and we can see that, you know, the employment number of people in employment is going up. This podcast series, we've been talking about young people. There is still this gap between the percentage of young people that are unemployed and the general kind of percentage. So, you know, more young people are obviously unemployed than than those from the general population. So what, in your view, needs to be done to kind of firstly improve opportunities for young people, but also ultimately help tackle youth unemployment? Elizabeth, maybe we start with you. I think that um, I see the, the numbers of young people in work um, and I worry, are they in 
temporary jobs? Are they in jobs that have like COVID response jobs? What happens beyond those jobs? Are they good jobs? So I think it's really important that whilst they may just have got a foot on the ladder of paid work, um, to have something that's progression beyond that and to have a kind of, we need career, we need the old-fashioned careers advice, don't we, about. And um, it was really heartening to hear Lisa talk about apprenticeships because, you know, every young person should be having a conversation about apprenticeships, skills, what next, Where, whatever their starting point, I would say, whether they've never worked before, whether they're a new graduate, whether they've worked and been furloughed and are trying to find their way back in to the labour market. Um, we should be having conversations about skills and future jobs and what happens next. So, so I see those numbers in employment. I'd love my day job sometimes to be that I could talk to young people about what comes next. And, you know, fortunately, I've got a job I love, so I don't really want to switch to that. But then the other side of it is um, there's the young people who aren't in work. And who has the conversations with them about what work could be? Yeah, And again, having that conversation about what work could be is then linked into apprenticeship skills. And too often, there's either or's presented. You know, you can go to college or you can get a job um, and not the conversations about get a job and access skills training or get a job and access an apprenticeship. And we've just got to be more imaginative and give young people a more rounded choice. Lisa, coming to you on that one. Yeah, what I would love to see um, as well, Elizabeth, to add to that is an, an avenue or a system whereby young people can have the chance to speak to um, people who are professionals. So I don't know, talking about, for example, a mechanical and electrical engineer or a gas engineer. Our business works um, in the uh, non-domestic, so we are in the commercial sector. It's a highly specialised um, it's a long-term sort of investment that a young person would need to make to move into the career as a commercial gas engineer. It would be wonderful if we could let our trained and qualified colleagues speak, you know, start to build a relationship one-on-one -on -one with a young person. It doesn't even have to be in person or can be done virtually, whereby this young person could speak to that engineer, even if it's just once or it could be once a month for a period of a few weeks, just to give them advice, to answer their questions so they can understand what that route into that kind of career looks like. Obviously, you need to be thinking at the long term and the bigger picture is what careers are going to be sustainable in the longer term. So certainly gas maybe is not a very good example to be using for obvious reasons. But, you know, we should be thinking about greener jobs, supporting people to move into industries that are going to be long term and sustainable for them um, in the long term is really, really important. One thing that we try to do at Arc is it is, it is always difficult, but I, and I'm quite sure this is probably a challenge for many employers, is to say to our hiring managers, please promote from within. So rather than advertising for somebody who's fully skilled and has got years worth of experience and all the qualifications already, please can we try to promote people who are already in your team, which then frees up an entry level position for somebody, probably a younger person who doesn't necessarily have those skills. It could be anybody, but most often would be a younger person. So that is one way to try to do it. But you know, unfortunately, the reality is that very often hiring managers need people who are up and running and can hit the ground running. But where we can, that's what we try to encourage our hiring managers to do. Brilliant. And I just want to finish off by, on a positive, hopefully, by asking you both, what do you think young people bring to an organisation? They bring um, an enthusiasm that sometimes I think those of older workers have to speak as well. Sometimes you, you're not enthusiastic, but you think, oh, I want to try that. So they bring that. Oh, they bring tech savvy skills without a doubt. And, um, and once you harness that and you give them further training in those things, then 
they're fearless about things. I also think that sometimes their inexperience is a really positive thing. So if you match that with experience, you get the best both worlds. I'm a big advocate for employing young people and pairing them with people over 50. And I think it brings out things in both that should be harnessed and can only be for the benefit for even for really small SMEs. It's not something that has to happen in big companies. I really don't know what I can add to that, Elizabeth. Agree on all fronts, especially on the tech-savvy side of things as well. What I think it brings to the other colleagues who are already there is they absolutely love it. So they lo- so our colleagues love the idea of being mentored mentor to a young person because they remember themselves as that young person. They came up probably through an apprenticeship themselves in many cases because they're all hands-on technicians and engineers. And so they really... It really brings out the best in them and that they want to bring young people on. Of course, the young person themselves, the tech savvy side of things, um, they get you know excited about things because to us, it's all you know something we've been doing for years, but for them, everything is new. So they certainly would bring different ways of thinking around problem solving, uh, ideas that we never would have thought of, um, and just think, thinking and looking at the world in a different way, I would suggest are those benefits. Thank you, Elizabeth and Lisa, for a great discussion and for sharing your insights. It's clear that investing the time and effort in recruiting young people can really pay dividends. We heard from Lisa about how Arcus FM nurtures young talent through their work experience programmes and is committed to skilling them up and mentoring them so they can go on to careers either within the organisation or indeed elsewhere. Elizabeth spoke of the need to be creative and bolder about how we reach those young people furthest from the job market making sure they're aware of the options available to them and are properly supported to make informed choices about which careers to choose and why. And we can't forget the employers, who often need a steer on how to recruit from a diverse talent pool and help lift young people into roles that suit their skill set and their ambition. (laughs) 